Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. This will be one of our Resurrection Supplemental episodes, which I put out either when I am behind in getting the regular episodes done, or just need to give myself some extra time. In these supplemental episodes, we will be covering other characters important to the Thanos Adam Warlock stories, starting with the oldest of these characters, Death. This time, we are covering the fourth appearance of Death in a Marvel, well, still timely at this time, comic, from Daring Mystery Comics number 8, cover dated January 1942. For the previous appearances, go check out episodes 66, 76, and 93. The Thunderer was another of the many short-lived characters created during the Golden Age. His first appearance was in Daring Mystery Comics number 7, April 1941. He next appeared in the issue we are covering today, and also, with a name change, in All Winners Comics number 6, Fall 1942. In real life, he is radio operator Jerry Carstairs, who was upset because he felt the United States was not doing enough about crime or Nazi saboteurs, decided to put on a costume and do something about it. His costume was designed with a microphone in it, which could amplify his voice or even be loud enough to deafen people or damage buildings. After his two appearances in Daring Mystery in 1941, he shows up again in late 1942 in an issue of All Winners Comics. That time, though, he called himself the Black Avenger, but still had the same costume. Speaking of his costume, it is all blue with the pants boots as one piece. Red belt, no gloves, and red from his wrists to just under his elbows. He has a blue hood attached to a red cape with blue on the edges. Under the hood, he has on a black full-face mask with a red eye design over his eyes and a red triangle where his nose is, giving him a jack-o'-lantern look. I am also seeing images of him wearing the same costume, but with the red and blue parts reversed. He has actually had more appearances in later years than in the Golden Age. He had a brief cameo Marvel premiere number 29, as well as Marvel's number 1 and Captain America number 442. In this century, he has shown up in Avengers Invaders number 10 and 12, Marvel's Project number 8, and just a few years ago in the Ant-Man Last Days one-shot. His creators were John Compton and Carl Burgos. Burgos is, of course, the creator of the original Human Torch, and Compton did a little writing for Timely, but mostly seems to be credited as an editor on Classic Comics. Classic Comics, by the way, is more recognized by the title it would turn into with issue 35, Classics Illustrated. However, neither of them are the creators for this story. This story was written by Irving Boris Werstein. Werstein had a brief career in comics, but most of his career was spent writing over 50 books, most of them non-fiction ones for young adult readers. The artist is Ed Robbins. Robbins apparently worked for most of the Golden Age publishers, but is mostly known for being the artist on the Mike Hammer comic strip, based on the character created by Mickey Spillane. The Thunderer in Death Rides the Airwaves. Written by Irving Werstein, artist Ed Robbins. The rest of the creator credits are unknown, except for cover art, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, and edited by Stan Lee. Cover dated January 1942, on sale date October 25th, 1941, with a cover price of 10 cents. You can find this reprinted in Marvel Masterworks Golden Age Daring Mystery Comics Volume 2 and digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Multiple people are ending up dead by mysterious circumstances after hearing the Morse code for D. First, Edward Wade, attorney, 
hears the noise on his radio and is then found electrocuted. Then, a well-known business executive after hearing the noise on a phone call. An examination finds he was killed by a poison needle attached to the earpiece. Our hero, Jerry Carstairs, is at his job at a federal communications listening post and is thinking about these D-related murders. That night, actress Mary Graham is performing on the radio and Jerry hears the D noise during the program. Changing into the Thunderer, he goes to the radio station and follows Mary home. Watching through her window, he sees her turn on her radio and then hears a shot. Smashing through the window, he leaps into the house, but it is too late. Mary is dead from a bullet fired from a gun hooked up to her radio. He sees a car parked outside drive away and decides to follow it. Jumping onto the back bumper, he can hear the men inside talking about getting paid for Mary's murder. However, they can see him in the rearview mirror and get out to take care of him. They fight, but the Thunderer takes them all out and forces them to take him to their boss. They take him to their headquarters, and he meets the boss, Gore, who resembles Quasimodo. The Thunderer goes to grab Gore, but falls down a trap door to a cell below. Gore orders his men to finish the Thunderer off, but when they go to do that, he knocks them all out and leaves them locked in the cell. He goes upstairs to find Gore sending another D message and monologuing to himself. Death, death, my partner. I shall wreak my vengeance on the world that has set me apart because of my misshapen body. The two fight, and during the fight, some of the electrical lines are ripped out and short circuit, causing a fire. Eventually, the Thunderer knocks Gore out, but he's able to carry him out of the building. By this point, the fire has grown too hot to rescue the other men. And while he has been rescued from the fire, Gore, either from his injuries caused by the fight or maybe smoke inhalation, dies as well. But not before confessing that his victims were picked at random. And his reason? His hatred for mankind. This was an interesting story, I thought. There are a few things that happen just for story convenience, but I can't call it bad. It has quite a few good points. I enjoyed the art. I liked Ed Robin's style. He does a good job of making each character look distinct. He even gives the three flunkies more differences than just hair color. Gore does look misshapen, but not comically so. He's not so bizarrely drawn that I couldn't see someone being born this way, which I think adds a bit to his tragedy. Of course, up feel his tragedy up until his committing mass murder. That's where my sympathy ends. Of course, our hero, Jerry Carstairs, has his own look, or at least a borrowed one. Unless I'm mistaken about my 1940s movie stars, I would say the role of Jerry could be played by Clark Gable wearing glasses. The storytelling is also good. With the exception of one page, just the story flows from panel to panel without any confusion. There's also a nice panel on the second page, symbolically showing all the people, including Death, listening to Mary Graham's broadcast. As for the story, well, it mostly works. There are a few things that seem to happen just for random convenience, like when Jerry hears the D sound and deduces that it was meant for Mary. Now, he was right. But nothing in the story before prepared us for that. As far as we have been told, it was just the people who were about to die who, who heard the Morse code sound. If Mary had complained about hearing it, that would be one thing. But Jerry heard it. What made him think it was for Mary and not for anyone else listening? Or even himself? It's also pretty convenient that the car he sees driving outside is the one with the criminals in it. That was a nice stroke of luck for the Thunderer. Okay, appearances of death in this story. After all, that's why we're covering it. On the first page, we have an image of death using a telegraph machine, indicating how it's going to be used in this story. 
We also have the pretty cool panel on the second page that I mentioned before. It works like a montage, showing all the different people listening to their radios, and in the center is Death listening on a pair of headphones. I like that image a lot. I'm going to try and get it up on the different social media sites I have for the show. Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. So check it out if you get a chance and let me know what you think. It began with the origin of his comic book fandom. This is the very first comic book I have ever read and also ignited the spark of my comic book collecting over the course of a 1974 weekend. Professor Zoom Yukinori led an ongoing expedition through his favorite single-issue comic book stories from the Bronze Age of DC Comics. Balance of Power, Have Horse, Will Fly, Solomon Grundy, Wins on a Monday, Superman's Unbeatable Rival, Green Lantern, Master Criminal of the 25th Century. With unique celebrity guest perspectives in an ambitious attempt to set this program apart from other comic book review podcasts, Call me Terror Man. Solomon Grundy am co-host this time. I am Lenos, the, the lexical archive of minutia, expositions, expositions, and origins. Goodbye, me am Bizarro. I am Libra. This is Aya from the Green Lantern. It is I, the Reverse Flash. Which had ended with the destruction of the universe. Or... Has it? Where in thunderation are we? I regret to say that you are my prisoner. Without our interspatial time conveyor, we are all essentially trapped here. Can't summon the willpower necessary for my power ring to pull me free. For nearly two decades, I had carried her ghost within my heart. Experience the wonder. Great wings of mercury! <laughs> of an all-new season. Solomon Grundy, fat little pointy-eared man before. Let us get back to the story, shall we? Down, down, and approach. Of the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show. Only on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Allow me, Entity Terraman. That does it. Ain't messing with no timing lines ever again. Now it's time for our feedback, and we are talking about feedback we received for episode 100, where we covered Warlock 13 and 14, Warlock vs. Starthief. On Facebook, the post about that episode was liked and shared by Joe Sedano, Chris Armstrong, W. Blaine Dowler, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Jesse Starcher, John M. Wilson, GeekPod, Michael Lane, Gene Hendricks, Pat Sampson, Bill Bear, Tim Price, Hal Jordan, and Jerry McMullen. On Twitter, the post was liked and retweeted by Podcast Partners, Tim Price, Trekker Talk, Rad Adventures, Hashtag Source Material, W. Blaine Dowler, What Would Cap Do, Limelink, Turbo Comics, Jeffrey Brown, Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, EMZT Podcasts and Productions, Le Rendezvous de Century, Blood and Black Rum, Let's Get <laughs> Show Podcast, Longbox Review, Sphinx Magoo, Keith Simon, JT, Peter Rios, Ronaldo, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, The Liquid Awesome, Ed Moore, Brian Gooney, Menace of X, Ryan Daly, Comics in the Golden Age, 
Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, David H. Adler, and Carla of Hoffman. It even got a couple likes on Tumblr, which doesn't happen that often, so I'm happy about that. Thank you. Specifically, thank you to Andy Serino. GX Vrans 5DS. That was probably never meant to be said out loud. <laughs> Spider Monkey 95 and Tuskite Continue. Speaking of Tumblr, let's thank a few more people who are following our page on Tumblr. Thank you to Wayne720, IFJGH, Frozen Crispy Cookie, Critic Banyan, and Tyre Stormbringer. Now, we do have a few emails. I actually have two of them from David Spotforth, but because I'm trying to get this episode out quickly, because it's kind of like a fill-in episode, I don't really have the time to read them now, but David, I do have them, and I will read the first one next episode. I promise. All right, anyone else wants to email? Resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. And of course, we're on Facebook. Just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos. Twitter, at Adam Thanos Pod. Follow us on Tumblr, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And of course, you can always leave an iTunes review, because it's been a little while since I got one of those, and those are awesome to get. Even though this is one of the supplemental episodes, we will still be doing our Friends and Enemies segment. In case this is the first episode you're listening to in our Friends and Enemies segment, we take a look at the other comics that were published the same month that is the one we covered today, which was January 1942, but only the comics that we've already covered so far in the show. Right now, there's only going to be two of them. So first of all, we have Captain Marvel Adventures number six. I know it's not the regular Captain Marvel we talk about, which is Marvel. It's not even the Carol Danvers Mar- Mar- Captain Marvel, but it's still a Captain Marvel. I'm going to count it. Cover, by the way, for this issue shows Captain Marvel flying in the air, and he's flanked by all seven men who's given the powers. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Cover looks like it's by C.C. Beck and Peter Anthony Costanza. And the stories included in this issue are The City Under the City, The Cardiff Giant, Skyscraper Phantom, and Unsu the Unseen. Now, I've been actually doing a Fawcett Comics read thanks to Digital Comics Museum, which has the majority of the stuff from Fawcett. Haven't got up to Captain Marvel Adventures number 6 yet, so I'll be looking forward to that one. Of course, got a little while to go. I mean, got up to Captain Marvel Adventures number 1. The only other book we have this month is Marvel Mystery Comics number 27. And this one has an awesome Alex Schomburg cover featuring the original Human Torch and Toro against a whole buttload of Nazis and about and taking out a Nazi tank. Those covers are some of the best things about Golden Age Marvel. Anyway, this issue features stories with the Angel, the Human Torch, Jack Casey, whoever the hell that is, <laughs> Kazar, Miss Patriot, Namor, the Patriot, and the original Vision. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. Well, that's all for this time. Hopefully over the next week or so, life won't be so distracting that I can actually get the regular episode out on time. See you then? Well, fingers crossed. (laughs) Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production 
and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. After after the issue we're gonna be covering today, the only appear he only had the one left. After the issue we're covering today, he only had the one he only had one But most of his but most of ah, but most of his It was just the people who were about to die who were the most it was just the people who were about to die who heard the Morse code.